to Philosophy, the podcast where I talk about whatever I like. Um, today I am continuing my painting of the old man and woman couple kissing and also I'll be talking about a topic which is hmm, quite interesting <laughs> to me at least. Um, it is the topic of luck in general, kind of what I understand by luck, the different models that I use to understand luck now and the sort of impact that it has had on me both emotionally and practically in my life. So let's start painting and let's start talking. So firstly, to discuss anything, I think it's kind of important to define it in a way, just so we make sure that um, we're on the same page and I'm not talking about something completely different. Um, so when it comes to luck, I actually, this is the only part of this podcast, which I gave some thought before recording was, oh my gosh, how do I define luck in general? And this is something that I didn't want to look up because I, I know I have thoughts about luck in my own life and I don't want them to be affected by external definitions because that might mess everything up. So, um, I think the way that I would define luck is every single thing that affects the outcomes of an event outside of our own personal control. And that can be things um, in our subconscious or things that we do that were outside of our control. It might be events. It might be things that other people do, things like the weather. So anything outside of our control um, that nonetheless affects the results of what we are doing, I would consider to be called luck. And that will be the definition I'll be working with now. So, um, I think I've had quite a journey when it comes to um, understanding and working with luck in mind during my life in the way that when I was younger, I don't actually think that I um, considered luck in any real way. And I didn't really think about luck in general. And I think the reason for this is that when you are a child, luck doesn't really have that much to play in your life. Um, in a way that you can understand. So it might affect things that happen to you, but I think I would put that responsibility onto my parents. So luck could have affected circumstances within relating to my parents, but I would not understand that it would have something to do with me. And um, even when I was a bit older, for example, in school, most of the things that I did, I thought were mostly affected by me and within my control. So there was more, I had more control in my life, I think, when I was younger than I do now. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but in the way that, for example, um, the things I was responsible for when I was younger were my exam results or cleaning up my room. And those are things where luck has not too much control over. And it, not a lot of those results are dependent on luck at all. They're mostly dependent on me and how I do. If I studied, I knew that I would do well in the exam. If I didn't study well, I knew that I would do badly in the exam. And yes, there was some small element of luck depending on what... Um, how difficult the questions were, for example, what questions my teachers would pick. But in general, if you were as nerdy as I was, even that did not have a huge effect. And therefore, I didn't really consider luck to be um, important, really consider luck at all in my life. I think it was only when I started to get a bit older that I kind of thought about luck a bit more. And funnily enough, I think one of the first things that made me really consider it was um, going to a bus stop. So when I had to start traveling for um, school, and I was still in school at this point, I could 
for example, if there was one bus every half an hour, I would consider myself lucky or unlucky, depending on how close to the bus arriving I would be. So if I would just get there as soon as the bus had left, I'd be like, oh gosh, this is so unlucky. Versus if I would just, you know, uh, kind of just have to speed up a bit and then make the bus exactly on time, which I would consider to be very good luck. So it was events like that, that I think kind of shaped my view on luck as I grew older. And interestingly enough, I have an I have a sort of close relationship with luck in general, um, in the way that the first nonfiction book that I ever read was called The Luck Factor. I don't know if anyone else has read this book, and it's not famous by any shape or form. And now it's definitely been a very very long time ago. But I must have been um, seven or eight years old at this point, and I remember this book because it would grab my attention on our shelf at home. It was gold and bright blue, and it was called Luck Factor. And at this point, I don't think I had read a nonfiction book that was not an encyclopedia before. So I saw this book and I found it very interesting. And um, I read it. I don't remember a lot about it. I just remember kind of being very suspicious of it. I think it kind of had this way of like, you know, hacking your life and uh, making your life a bit like luckier. And I just remember not very much buying it. And for reference, this is not to say that I was smart in any way, because I did not buy this book at the age of eight. Yet I was still kind of hoping for a Harry Potter um, letter to go to Hogwarts um, at the age of 11. So yeah, this was not by intelligence that I didn't buy this book. But in general, I thought that mm, how much, how much can we really affect these things? And it seemed more kind of fictional than real. So at that stage of my life, I wasn't actually um, paying that much attention or giving that much credit to luck in general. But I think then growing older, things changed. And especially in medicine, uh, luck is a word that is thrown around quite a bit. Uh, for example, when we just can't explain things, uh, why young people suddenly get terminal cancer, we say, well, you know, they they, they were unlucky. Um, or when couples are not able to conceive, they're just unlucky. And um, for example, when young people die, when people die in general, or when people get caught in terrible accidents, we call that being unlucky. And therefore, this was a word that came up again and again in medicine and something that I started to pay a bit more attention to there. But in terms of my professional life, I think luck started to play a bit of a role in my acceptance to medicine in the first place. And that was the first time where in kind of my academic achievements were not just dependent on me because getting or not getting into a university is not directly correlated with how well I do in an exam or how much I study. There's a lot more factors of how I perform in an interview and how other people perform in an interview. And suddenly things were not so straightforward and I was terrified because things were a lot more out of my control and luck came into play. So I think <laughs> there's a theme emerging that I'm realizing now that every time that um, kind of I had to consider luck or think about luck, I felt out of control. I felt a bit uncertain and a bit scared and that was not a great place to be. Now, um, there's this framework that I've Read, I think it's Naval's, um, that kind of describes four different types of luck. And I find that to be incredibly useful. Um, it's quite useful in terms of planning the way to live your life, but also in interpreting the way that I used to think of luck and the way that I used to approach things in the past and what sort of emotional impact that could have had on me and why I thought of things that way. So basically, um, Naval's four types of luck, I think there are Naval's, sorry if I'm wrong with this. Um, the first one is blind luck. 
And this is the kind of thing that you just buy your first lottery tickets and you win the jackpot. Um, this is the kind of luck that you, you know, walk into a restaurant and um, <laughs> for the first time and you are the ex you know, customer and you get free lunches forever. Um, this is completely random and nothing can influence it. Basically, someone is going to have this result and it just happens to be any person there. And it's even bigger when you don't have a high probability of being in that at that place or uh, being there in the first place. And therefore you have a big amount of blind luck. This is something that I don't think we can control blind luck and it just happens or it doesn't happen. My grandma would say it's written, um, which means that, uh, you know, it's kind of set already before you are born in a way, which is what she believes. Um, and this is the kind of luck that we cannot um, influence in any way. Then the second type of luck is the type of luck that my parents are huge fans of and the type of luck that I was kind of um, taught when I was younger. And this is hustle, hustle and motion. The more you try um, the more you will kind of get out of life and the more you will get out of things. And this is a type of luck that my parents definitely kind of try to instill in us and the kind of behavior that they wanted us to do. So for example, um, if you want to, I don't think a lottery is a good example because my parents never played the lottery. But um, for example, if you did want to win the lottery, what you would do is just buy a hundred lottery tickets. If you, um, you know, want to be the best worker, then you better be there all the time doing the most. Um, so this is the kind of hustle, 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 move, 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 then you will get kind of results. And this is the tireless, hardworking person type of luck. I think this luck is very, very admirable. Um, it's definitely the way that I used to approach my life in the past. And I think it's actually my innate way of behaving and the way that I um, approach things naturally. So I kind of have to sometimes work against this sort of luck. Um, and when I mentioned the other two, I think it will make, make sense why. Um, I think it's the type of luck that we admire. We are not angry at people who get lucky because of this. In the first case, if someone wins lottery tickets and only tries it the first time, I don't think anyone would necessarily be angry. But I think people would be like, oh, that's so unfair. I've done this so many times and all that stuff. But the second type of luck we are not angry at. If, um, you know, no one's angry at Leonardo DiCaprio for finally winning an Oscar. We know that he put so much work, he put so much hustle, he put so much into motion to get there in the end that we are not mad at him. While sometimes I think we might slightly get angry at younger people or other people who are winning Oscars or kind of getting other achievements in general. So um, the hustle kind of luck I would describe as the respectable kind of luck. However, I do think it's also can become a very toxic kind of luck because if you are doing the work but you are not getting the hustle luck which can very often happen then I think you become quite or you I think you might become very easily quite bitter and therefore that's why I think this sort of strategy in the long term needs to kind of be balanced with other things um, and definitely needs to um, if, I, if I were to behave for, like this for the rest of my life, I think I would have to check myself very often in that, am I becoming bitter or am I becoming sad that I'm kind of trying to work so hard to get results? And what would happen if I then would not get those results? How would I feel? And even more importantly, how would I feel in relation to other people around me getting the results if they have not, especially if they have not worked as hard as me? I think those are important questions to ask myself when I am working in that kind of hustle mode. The next type of luck, um, I think, is the type of luck that when I was younger, I thought was unfair luck um, because it is training yourself to recognize luck when it is there. 
And I think now as an adult, this is one of the smartest forms of luck. I've never, ever been able to grasp this. I always thought, and I still kind of think it's completely out of my control. There's just some part of my programming that makes this feel like hacking and cheating and makes me slightly uncomfortable with the idea of of doing this. And um, that probably needs exploring as to why. But this is basically training yourself to see when luck is there. So for example, let's say that you are um, working as a, at a restaurant and you want a promotion. What you could do is do like luck number one, which is basically do nothing, um, behave the way that you would always behave. And the chances are, you know, you're one of the people there and therefore there must be some tiny chance that you might get the promotion anyway and you're happy with that kind of um, percentage chance and you just wait leave it up to luck if you get the promotion or not maybe the next person who wants to get it will kind of drop out and the manager hates everyone else and therefore you might actually get blind luck and um, get to the job despite how much work you've done the second type of work would be to come the second type of luck in that situation would be to hustle your way through and just be the best worker ever show up always on time the first one there the last one out do all the work make every customer extremely happy and just you know be the perfect silent worker number three would be training yourself to find luck when it is there and i think in this case it would be something along the lines of you know, not actually tiring yourself that much, but being especially nice to the manager uh, when the manager is there working very hard. And when the manager is not there, kind of saving up your energy because there's no one there to see the results of your work. Um, not taking the difficult customers, which you know will lead to some sort of problems and mess, but just taking the easy customers, the ones who are to, likely to leave a big tip and likely to kind of say good things about you at the manager, because here you are spotting good luck when it is there. You're not just randomly going out, you're spending most of your time on the sidelines, not actually doing any work, but seeing when there are good chances to do work out there. And like I said, this type of luck can be extremely effective. And I think when I was younger and I first heard of this, I kind of got a bit angry because I thought, well, that's not the hard part. The hard part is actually doing the work. Really? Really, Elizabeth? Um, then why don't you do it? Because I can never do this. I've never done it before. And um, in me, at least morally, it slightly fe feels like cheating. But I do in some ways respect people who are able to do this in many ways, actually respect people who are able to do this. And I think the older I get, the more I realize that people who are in positions of power very often are not those who have been hustling and putting in the genuine work, but are those who have kind of been able to realize the key moments when they are there, the key players and the key people when they are there and the key ways to invest and the key ways to behave and therefore capitalizing on that. If you are best friends with the manager, chances are you are more likely to get promoted than the person who is hustling and working all day in silence and no one has ever talked to. So the second way is actually, I think, yeah, quite effective in getting things done. And the last way of luck, um, the last um, kind of way to build your luck is a unique one that I think um, I very, very late in my life kind of realized. And that is to build a unique brand and a unique character and wait for luck to find you. This is, I think, a variation of type two and type three. Oh, no, sorry, type, uh, type, yes, type two and type three. And therefore, it is something in between that I I can actually, yeah, I can, I can get on board with this one. I think um, this is something that in some ways I'm potentially doing right now and things and yeah, I think, I think this one sits well with me uh, morally. So this is basically kind of hustling, but hustling strategically. 
and leaning into the things that either you are naturally very good at or things that you realize are naturally going to um, be needed around you and becoming unique. So building a unique brand and a unique character, because if you are, um, if you are special in the way we like we are all special and we are all unique but if you are unique in your capabilities and in your qualities to do something chances are you will become you will be more lucky than someone you will have more blind luck or you will have more luck in general we can't even call it black call it blind luck anymore can we so you have more luck in general more pe- more chances will somehow find you if you are more talented and if you are more hardworking and if you've been putting your work out there and um i think this is this sits well with me because you're still doing work you're still kind of working hard you're still um you're still kind of not you're not manipulating in any shape or form um, and you are working on yourself and you are potentially enjoying yourself. Um, and yet things might start finding you more than they did before. And I think this has definitely been the case with me. I mean, since I've started my YouTube channel, I've had so many people reach out to me. I had so I have so many opportunities um, come my way. I have to turn most of them down, unfortunately, because I don't have the time. But um, yeah, there are people who want me to create the podcast the thumbnails for their, their channels and there are people who want me to kind of be the manager of their youtube channels and there are brands and people who want to talk and collaborate and work and all of that came because i was putting my work out there and it would have absolutely never have happened otherwise so i think that that is a a great way to kind of build yourself and um if you're like me and you kind of agree that this is a good way to go um i kind of want to expand a bit more on um, kind of what are the different ways that we can increase our luck and build a unique brand. And this is something that I think I'm sure Naval um, is the one who talked about this. But um, Naval has talked quite a bit about how to become great at the things that you do and how to become unique. And I think he has some different formulas. Um, I think what he says is that it's very, very difficult to become the best at the world at one specific thing. If you now decided that you were going to be the best actor in the world, not impossible. I'm sure it's absolutely not impossible, but you are limited in, in, in many sort of ways because um, yeah, I think you do need an element of blind luck there. Um, you are going against people who might be naturally more talented or naturally more fitted to different roles. And it depends on how you are cast and what you are cast for and what opportunities you are given. Or if you wanted to be like the best Olympian at something, you will be limited by your physical capabilities and your body build and structure and how much muscle you can grow and how flexible you naturally are. And you will run into, I think, a lot of limitations with wanting to be the single best at something because so much comes into play. And even though I believe that we can teach ourselves almost everything, I'm not sure that we can teach ourselves to be become the single best person at everything um, all the time, or at least um, not with a reasonable amount of work. And if we factor in things like, oh, what our mental health is going to be during that time, and are we able to are we going to be able to maintain that level of hard work and consistency that would be required to reach a certain level, um, then that becomes a formula which is potentially almost impossible to reach excellence or the level of excellence that would make you the best in the world at something. Um, but another way that Naval recommends or suggests that people can uh, become um, unique and have a unique brand and character is being the top 20% at two different things. So if you were the best um, singer and mathematician, it's a weird combination, but if you were the best singer and mathematician in the world, um, I'm sure that you are in a position where 
if someone is looking for a single mathematician, that was a terrible example, I think, because I don't know who would be. Um, it's such a rare combination of things that if you were at the top 20 in the world at those two things, oh my God, um, there is probably so many different things that you can do. So the the better you are at two different things and the more different than those, the more different that, that those, the more different that, hmm, the more different those two things are from one another, then the higher the chance that you will be incredibly unique at what you are doing. So this is sort of like, um, yeah, a formula for success, I guess, that Nabal used. And do I use this? I think in a way, yes. I mean, with what I'm doing right now, um, I think being a artist and a doctor is a unique combination. Um, and I think that's what, you know, got me my, um, in my degree for medical art, which I'm not sure that I'll be able to, uh, to continue, but I did a year of. So um, that's a unique combination. Not a lot of people would have the anatomy training and um, the desire or skill or whatever you want to call it to do art in general. So that's a unique combination of person. Um, and or even kind of if you are creative in the way of you're able to speak very well in public and you are a medical professional, you can be a medical professional on TV. That's a unique combination. So two things that you can work at. Um, I don't think I would necessarily want to do that. But if you are watching me and you're a medic and um, you're into YouTube and social media and things like that, I think this platform, um, eventually learning how to talk well and learning to be in public would help in a career like that. I'm sorry I'm using medical examples. It's just because they easily come to mind. Um, but yes, any two different things. And I think most of us will be interested in various different things. And especially if we've already kind of niched down and picked a career in general, just going back to the things that we excited us when we were younger, those are things that are likely to be very different to the things that excite us now. So I'm sure that no matter what we're doing right now, we can remember a time where we were very, very interested by something vastly, vastly different. And I think giving that the time and space again, um, even as a hobby, could help us kind of develop that uniqueness. And if we develop that uniqueness, we fall into the category number four of luck, which is kind of designing your life in such a way that because you are building a unique brand and because that brand is out there in public, you are putting yourself in a position for like luck to find you. I think the most difficult thing with um, this four thing is putting things out there in public, because in the end of the day, luck will not find you if it can't see you. And yes, people are sometimes, you know, scouted on like the tube. Um, but those are just very beautiful people who happen to be doing very, um, or people who are happening to do like very rare things accidentally. I think that's more blind luck than uh, building a unique identity. Uh, building a unique identity on its own in public is a very difficult thing to do. I can vouch for that by making this podcast. Um, it's super nerve wracking for me to hold this painting at a weird angle. Um, while I'm actually doing it. And it's very weird for me to kind of talk to myself uh, for a prolonged period of time um, with something that I haven't scripted or have not necessarily thought about before I'm sitting down here. And um, in a way that I would have never kind of talked out in the wild on my own. So it is, I think, it is a difficult thing to do. But I think if we can turn that into something that is entertainment, uh, entertaining for ourselves and we can convince ourselves that it is potentially valuable um, either for pure entertainment or for increasing our luck in life and then I think it is something that becomes a bit easier to do and my only recommendation um, for this is in terms of building a sort of like public image or putting your work out there in public I would say that one thing that I wish someone would have told me is that it gets so easy so fast 
I think the internet does make you shameless <laughs> because um, you just get teased enough and you get made fun of enough and you get called things enough and um, you get kind of picked apart and dissected enough that you eventually feel that genuinely you don't care what people say. So I think that even though in the beginning it it is very, very hard um, to build an identity in public, so the zero to one is insanely, insanely difficult. Um, but I think beyond that, it's, it's not logarithmic. It's kind of like a, I don't know what kind of scale that is, maybe like exponential in terms of, hmm, in terms of how easy it is, it is exponentially easy, I think. So it's very hard to get from like the first, yeah, I think it's an exponential scale because it's very hard to kind of move any movement that you make in the beginning is painfully slow, but then the ease at which you embrace new things and you embrace kind of embarrassing yourself and um, putting things that are less and less and less produced and things that you are less and less and less proficient at and things that you are less and less and less comfortable with out there, knowing that you will potentially improve at those things or that you are on your own having fun, um, just increases and increases and increases. And therefore, I think um, the one recommendation I would take is that if you did actually listen to this um, up to this point and you thought that, oh, this makes sense. Um, I would love to kind of become more proficient in different things. And I would love to put my work out there in public, but I don't want to start a blog because uh, people will make fun of me. I don't want to start a blog because he will read it. I don't want to start a blog because I'm not a professional and there's other people who do this so much better than me. Uh, my answer to that will be, you're probably embarrassed and stop being embarrassed. Or at least, no, no, don't stop being embarrassed. That's horrible. Um, but except that you are embarrassed right now, but trust me, that that will change um, so fast. Give it a year. I think a year max and it will be so much easier to put your work out in public completely shamelessly and work from there. So yeah, that is my, my recommendation and that is my kind of view on the different types of luck at the moment. Um, but yeah, would love to hear your thoughts on which are you a type? I'm very curious if anyone is a type two, uh, which is a type that I naturally am, um, are the hardworking people who in the end of the day have kind of not a lot of money um, and maybe don't even enjoy what they do anymore because they see people doing a lot less, kind of achieving a lot more at the same field that they're working in and therefore feeling quite bitter. I know a lot of people who are like that, unfortunately, um, who, you know, get into the field that they love and they think that just putting in the hard work will get them the results, but then they see people around them um, kind of achieving a lot more while doing a lot less and feeling terrible for it. Um, I definitely come from a family of, of people like this and it is incredibly, incredibly sad. Um, and I think what my family think is that the other people have more blind luck, but I think the other people are better at spotting luck. Um, I don't think I would sleep at night well, knowing that I'm a spotting luck kind of person, but I think I would like to be better at it. Um, I think I want, would want to be able to decide myself that um, I'm going to do some work and I'm able to spot luck um, because I don't think I'm able to spot luck at the moment. Um, but I would rather be in a position where I'm empowered and I can make the moral decision myself 
Um, even though you could argue that, oh, will you be tempted <laughs> to just do nothing and um, just reap the rewards in that case and kind of hack your way through systems? Is there anything majorly wrong with that? That's an interesting discussion in its own. Um, my knee-jerk reaction right now is like, yes, there is a lot majorly wrong with that. I wouldn't be comfortable being that person, but perhaps I should explore that a bit more rather than um, just sticking with that statement forever, especially when the kind of results might be that without actually harming other people, I might get better results for what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in the end of the day, I do think sleeping at night is one of my sleeping well at night is one of my core values. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's my stand on that for now. So yeah, I think I'm going to stop this right here because my camera will stop recording soon and I need to upgrade it because it stops at 30 minutes. But yeah. Um if you made it so far, thank you so much for listening to my ramble. Would love to have some ideas on things you'd like me to chat about and um yeah thank you for watching hope the audio is better this time around and hope you have a wonderful rest of your day be kind to yourself and others and don't leave everything you think thanks bye